from the rugged desert outside Yuma, Arizona. This is Outpost Outspoken. Outpost Outspoken is the official podcast of U.S. Army Yuma Proving Ground, which conducts natural environment testing of military equipment in Arizona, Alaska, and the tropics. Hello, I'm Mark Schauer. The specialized equipment Yuma Proving Ground needs to conduct its test mission is subject to the same extreme natural elements as the items under test. Ensuring it is as rugged and portable as possible sometimes involves the assistance of YPG's Electro-Optical Maintenance Lab, the work of which Steve Taylor of YPG's Engineering Support Branch oversees. The EOM lab maintains a lot of very highly specialized electronic equipment that's used in a very rugged environment. What sort of things do you do toward that end? I think if you think about it, uh, anything that the that we use out here to support any of the testing, any of that equipment, for the most part, we, we can either fix it or we try to fix it. And... Even as old as it gets, we hopefully we have some of the specialized tooling that we can still fabricate or uh, maybe even improve upon some of the designs to help keep some of this equipment going so that we don't have to replace it year after year, which would get really, really expensive. This could be everything from Kineto tracking mounts to cat card readers to uh, cleaning out extremely specialized high-speed cameras. Yep, down to all that uh, specialized equipment, the high-end equipment, like you said, like the flight followers, the, all the high-speed, the optics that you see that are used around, the Kineto tracking mounts, some of the trailers, the support trailers that you see just out on the range that have been uh, customized to fit the needs of that specific group. You know, maybe it came through the EM lab, maybe, maybe they helped out with uh, some of the electrical panels, maybe some outlets or connectors that you wanted on there. Down to something so simple as, you know, maybe just a little cable or a wire or something came loose on a board, like the EM lab can support that and help get that equipment back up and going out and in the field to support the test. Now, given the very rugged natural environment, fine moon dust in the desert <laughs> and windstorms and stuff, you must have a lot of stuff coming your way. Well, yeah, we we try our best to keep the, the dirt out of things, and especially with the extreme environment, as we're experiencing now with the summer with the extreme heat, you know, maybe so, uh, so dust-wise, you try and keep the dust out, maybe some enclosures were sealed up the best we can, but uh, you also have to think that, like, during the summer, the equipment's going to get hot if we keep it enclosed, so how do we keep it cool? Are fans enough? Do we, have, do we need some kind of air conditioning equipment? You know, so... These guys think of multiple ways to protect the equipment and and keep it running. You know, like I said, just protecting it, putting it in an enclosure, might cause it to overheat and then fail. So now you now you've created another problem by just keeping the dust out. So uh, they have the capability and the personnel to uh, fabricate and engineer these you know new designs to meet the needs of the customer. So. Now, one thing that struck me was. You made there were boxes for GoPro cameras for airdrop tests, parachute tests, and the folks were having a difficult time recovering these because it blended in with the the desert dun and the desert pavement. So your folks started fabricating boxes in fluorescent colors that really stood out in the desert sand. Yep. Yeah. In fact, the that 
I think that first design's actually been improved upon a couple times since then. They made it even easier to attach to the boxes. So they've even they've made it to where they can even 3D print it to where it screws on and then it they can uh, adjust the direction that the GoPro is aimed in. But yeah, so to even meet that need, the fluorescent yellow and the like neon orange colors really helped them be able to recover the cameras and the and the structures that they were holding them in. So it worked well. And they liked it so much that I don't know how many they've printed, at least well over 50 or 60 of these things by now. So the equipment you bring to bear for this mission, it's multiple 3D printers, a laser engraver. What other kind of things do you have? So the latest thing that we're adding right now, actually this week, the the 3D router table will hold, I want to say it's either, it's probably a four by four, maybe a little bit bigger sheet of aluminum. I, I don't have the specifics right off the top of my head, but, you know, maybe up to three quarter of an, an inch to an inch thick to where we can lay that sheet down on this uh, 3D router table and it could cut multiple pieces that however we arrange it, like kind of cookie cutter style out of the dough, you can cut it out of the sheet of aluminum. I, I could see this saving, you know, weeks to months, depending on how many pieces that we need to get done. So this is really going to be a huge time saver for the EM lab and uh, definitely allow them to support more, especially with the instrumentation division when they're asking for a lot of these small brackets and new, you know, with the new equipment that we're coming, new new brackets, new attachments that they need to get the, the, the work done in the field. And they'll be able to support that much, much faster than they are doing right now. Uh, and of course, then the guys are staying up to date with the, you know, the, latest uh, high-speed cameras that they're working with. The, we always have the guys that are tearing apart the lenses to get the moon dust out of them, you know, keep the sensors clean so we get the best images that we can. You know, the latest and greatest uh, with the cables, with fiber optics, you know, whatever's coming down the pipe for the new connectors and stuff, these guys need to stay on top of it so that if it breaks out in the field and hopefully these guys are able to get you back up and going pretty quick, hopefully within 24 hours, if not sooner. MyPG's reputation for flexibility and meeting challenges like that is widely renowned, and I know you guys are a big part of that. Yeah, you know, there's there's times that you know, it's, you know, especially during some of these big tests, like we were talking about before, with a PC or Edge, you know, just something as simple as a cable breaking. But you know, there's you don't you don't have another fifty foot cable that can do the same thing. So you know, usually people run right to the EM lab and. Oh, most of the time, they, they're able to repair it. Also, they can make a brand new cable for you if needs be. So these guys are on the ball, and they most of the time they have the equipment ready to go, and they can. most of them are pretty flexible. They understand the, the mission and the need, and they'll, they'll get on top of it and stop what they're doing to, to support the mission and make sure that we're supporting the customer and making them happy. Steve Taylor, is really good talking with you today. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Hello, my name is James Gilbert of the YPG Public Affairs Office. This August marks the 14th observance of Army Anti-Terrorism Awareness Month, and joining me to talk about it is Army Test and Evaluation Command Anti-Terrorism Officer Robert Brochio. 
So a common theme of successful counterterrorism operations is people reporting and following up on sus- suspicious activity. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Um, my my take is I, I look at it as if I'm, I'm at home. Um, I like to... Uh, uh, like if you're living at home, you 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 manage risk uh, by locking your doors, your windows. Uh, you, you you don't leave passwords laying out. Um, you have antivirus on your on your uh, on your computers, so that way people can't access your your data. Um, and uh, you you make sure that uh, you, your your children are safe inside your home. Um, and you look at all the avenues of how somebody can you know can can attack you. Um, and and that's how I look at anti-terrorism. Um, you know, f- f- from living in a home, you can you can you can take that that uh, that information and, and pretty much take it at a macro scale here in on in, in on an installation. Um, uh, at, at, on the installation, I, I I take those same measures, of course, you know, and and expand them a little bit more. Um, um, here on the base, we do the same thing. Once we go with the managing the risk, we go around the installation. We look at how uh, we do an assessment of how a terrorist or, or we have a checklist, an actual checklist of what we go through and how a, a bad person can come and may, might want to attack us, um, might want to stop what we're doing and our missions, might want to try to, you know, gather information to, to harm us. How important is the see something, say something aspect of it? So see something, say something. I, I, I will say it's probably the pinnacle of anti-terrorism um, from, from my point, uh, from my standpoint, I say that because uh, I can't be around, all the leadership can't be around everywhere, or the police can't be everywhere. Um, we rely solely on the workforce since there's 2,000 plus employees and we have those all our eyes and ears. Um, so they're more likely to see something suspicious and uh, they're able to contact you know the law enforcement or, or myself. Uh, so that way we can um, begin some sort of uh, investigation or, or find out what, what, what's, what's, what, what it is that they find suspicious. What is the purpose of Anti-Terrorism Month and why is it important? So Anti-Terrorism Month, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's another defense element uh, within our AT program. Uh, it's it's to fight against terrorism. Um, it, it's important to know what can be uh, a threat and and to have an awareness to to detect terrorist activity. Um, that that's basically a, a, a huge information campaign. Um, that's why we have I've, I've driven around the installation and set up uh, uh, banners uh, at all entry areas so that uh, the the workforce know that hey you know so, something we need a you know. Reinvigorate the uh, see something, say something program. Um, I um, also flew the uh, the anti-terrorism flag in front of the uh, <clears throat> in front of the rock or the main the, the building there, um, so that people when they walk in they say, "Hey, look, you know, and there it is." Um, for the whole month of August, I'm sure that all, all the workforce they're they're constantly vigilant um, throughout the through you know through whatever they do. I just want to reinvigorate that uh, for the month of August, and that's why it's important. Anything else you would like to add about what you're doing here, as far as your anti-terrorism efforts go? I'm, I, I'll just say that uh, uh, creating a, a a team mindset for the installation, because again, we're all here. Um, it's our home, and uh, as I said before, I look at anti-terrorism as you know, 
protecting my home. Um, what are we going to do? We, 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 we're vigilant. We protect our home. We um, report anything suspicious uh, to the law enforcement or to the appropriate channels. Uh, so that way we can protect what we do, our family members, and uh, the mission overall. Um, that's why it's. I think it's important. Okay. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. This has been Outpost Outspoken. Thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time from the forefront of Army transformation.